0: as you were hearing this announcement. And the venue is BYOB. So if you want a drink, bring a drink. If you like a Diet Coke, bring a Diet Coke. And we're going to hang out afterwards. We can say hello to everybody. Hope to see you all there. See you there. He took this to mean that I wasn't into him. Fair. I was going to say that <laughs> really
1: logical reasoning by the Kiwi. Super, super logical
2: conclusion that he that he came to. But then we, like, didn't talk. For the rest of the
1: camp. It's hard to come back from that, Allie. (laughs) I didn't. I didn't come back
2: from that, Rourke. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Right, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, how is it going?
1: Well, the classmate and I have had our first ever, like, not fun time he has been quite sick this weekend. Oh no. I know. I know. And so on Friday, I think that he wasn't going to tell me until it got to a place where he had to tell me (laughs) because we were going to go to, we were going to work out together on Friday evening after work. Mm -hmm. And he texted me at around one o'clock and was like, I'm so sorry. Like, The workout this evening like isn't gonna end up happening, and didn't give me details. I assumed it was just like something happened with work. I was like, no problem. I had actually so like I'm trying. I want him to come to this place. I want him to try the place where I go. And so I had already worked out at six thirty in the morning, as is my schedule. I was just gonna go again in the evening, and so I was like, fine by me. I've already worked out. Like whatever. And um, was like, hope you are doing what you need to do. And so then later in the evening he's like so it's oh so later in the afternoon he's like i might have like a bit of food poisoning (laughs) how does one have a bit of food poisoning exactly and i was like oh i don't think
2: that's not a thing
1: yeah so i said keep me posted i'm so sorry you know and then and then at you know 6 p.m or whatever when work was over he goes yeah, so I'm really not well, you know, and um, oh no, I know I felt bad, and it honestly sounded exactly. I was like, okay, this is major Rourke in Mexico vibes. Here's everything that I did, and he was honestly a great patient he was not, he was super open to help. He was, you know, he was like, this is amazing. Thank you so much. He was like, so grateful, like so willing to be like, I feel like often men can really retreat into themselves and be like, no, stay away. Like I can do this by myself. And I'm like, well, you're just being
2: dumb. I've, I've had the exact opposite experience where they like turn into like patient zero.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other, I think, like, it's like the two ends of the spectrum, like PowerPoint. All he wanted to do was, like, he did not want to be looked at. He did not want to be touched. But he wanted to have you sit outside the door and listen to him complain. It was bullshit.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. My mom always joked about how she knew – she always knew when my dad was sick because there was this one particular sweatshirt that he used to put on when he wasn't feeling well. Yes.
1: Yes. I actually and it was have like, a sweatshirt as
2: well. All downhill from there.
1: <laughs> um, it is a, for me, it's like a double XL men's sweatshirt from high school. And it has like my high school like mascot on it and has holes in the sleeves, and it's my not feeling well sweatshirt. So I really relate.
2: I don't I don't think I have a not feeling well outfit. I definitely have a not feeling well voice.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely I that includes mental health I've definitely I definitely wore that as I like study for finals and stuff in the winter (laughs) but anyway so we um I just sort of like sat on the couch with him we watched a movie um I got him like rice and a banana and whatever and unfortunately like he was okay yesterday he was like functional yesterday and able to like rally for some stuff that he had to do but then today has like sort of backslid and so i think it might no. be a I, i'm just I, at this point i'm like sounds a little more buggy than food poisoningy i'm glad i don't have it so we're gonna stay in separate quarters for now yeah I sick um being sick fucking sucks but anyway so yeah and like he like he felt so bad he was like it sucks to like waste a weekend like you're working like we're not as available as before and like it just really sucks and you know i was like you know this is just life like this what are you gonna fucking do like you're sick yeah I apologize it is what it is and yeah. so yeah we had our like you know sort of first like not like okay here's how we'll like get through like a not fun time and yeah and which in a way is like good information like i don't hate that that's very true yeah i mean it's all good information right yeah but yeah, so that's that's what's happening over here in in Los Angeles. Um you've returned to New York. You are no longer have. um under under the Bordeaux sun. I am not. I have returned
2: stateside as of like 45 minutes ago. Well, 45 minutes ago is when I got to my apartment. I arrived to the United States like 3 hours ago. <laughs> Exhausting. Oh, man, it was like one thing after another with the delays, like not the flight itself, but just Like we had to – we were grounded for a while and we had to sit there and then customs was a nightmare and people people were getting extremely testy in customs. And I think I mentioned this when I came back from another vacation. I was about
1: to say. After Turks, this was the vibe. Yes.
2: Yeah. Like I think people just don't know how to be in that situation anymore. And so there was this moment – so I flew into JFK, which is – already a much better experience than newark just like organizationally
1: i think newark consistently tops the list of worst airport experiences
2: newark is horrific like the way that international the international customs arrivals works is like all the planes that are coming in from the various airlines come in from different directions and there is no there's no order to the way in which people are going anywhere so it's just a massive crowd of people trying to Cull down to to like a few booths. It's horrible, but JFK is better. But there's like a like a Six Flags Disneyland type line, right? Mm-hmm. That like snakes back and forth, and you know crisscrosses across this massive room. And before that, there's this hallway, and you have to stay in the hallway until there's enough room in the line. To go into the second room, right? Yeah. So we're, we're in this hallway. We feel – I felt like cattle, to be honest, because they just kept, like, letting a few of us through. Yeah. But it was just one guy at the front of this big crowd of people. And for some reason, the people directly around me could not wrap their heads around why we couldn't exit this hallway. And the guy at the front was saying, like, I'm so sorry, but there's no room in the next room. There's no space in the next room. He said it a million different ways. So like, you need to wait here. And people around me were actually saying like, what do you mean? That doesn't make any sense. And me and this girl next to me
1: were like, it makes total sense. Literal perfect sense. Yeah. and Like like, a line has to move forward to create space. That space does not exist.
2: Yes. And like, I knew this because I've flown in there before, but there also is an escalator to go into that second room. So like- There's no margin for error there. Like, if too many people get on the escalator, you're fucked.
1: Yeah, that's an injury waiting to happen.
2: Yeah. So, honest people were legitimately suggesting that we just charge this man.
1: That is absolutely insane. And, like, also, if you're going to do anything, just, like, do it on state property not federal property everything I, is worse on federal property
2: <laughs> oh my god i like this girl next to me who like we ended up actually like waiting for our lifts together too so we were kind of like rehashing the whole thing this girl next to me and i were like this is nuts like if this happens we just need to dive out of the way be on the side not be involved in this charge Oh but luckily that particular sentiment settled down and it didn't happen.
1: Cooler heads prevailed.
2: Yes, but it was like it wasn't a joke, the per the people who were saying it. They weren't joking. They were they were literally saying, like, well, there's hundred of us and one of him. If we all just go, he won't be able to stop us.
1: Mm-hmm. That's absolutely like, Yeah, no, that's not good. <laughs>
2: that's insane. So anyway, I made it through that. I am now home with my cats who are marginally angry at me for leaving them i don't think it's that i left them i think it's because so my best friend stayed here which was amazing of her um and she brought her cat and one of them loves well he loves all humans and animals and wants to be friends with the world so like one of them they get along really well but the other one hates humans and animals and the world yes And so he, in particular, I think is real salty that anybody invaded his space, but whatever, he'll get over it. Yes, totally. sitting in the window facing away from me right now.
1: (laughs) Very angsty teenager (laughs) vibes. Yes. (laughs) I love it.
2: So yeah, but the trip was great. It was wonderful to spend that long with my mom. And we were there with, like I said before, a bunch of family friends that I don't get to see very often.
1: Any Um, French lovers.
2: No French lovers. Okay. Did see a lot of hotties on Bumble. Love that. Although once we went – like once we went to the countryside, there was nobody. Like I would open my app and it would do the like, you are out of people. Damn. So – but one of the guys who is – our close family friends, he's their cousin – he apparently was chatting with several ladies on Bumble. <gasps>
1: Ooh, good for him.
2: Yeah, I don't think – well, I actually, I know for sure that nothing happened. But
1: Wait, what about – okay, not a Bumble guy. Wasn't there a guy from your past who, like, saw you were in Europe?
2: Oh, thank you for reminding me. Okay, yes. So, thank you. I would, totally would have forgotten about this. Okay, so uh, we'll call him the Kiwi because he's from New Zealand. Perfect. So he um, – so, okay. So I went to – back in high school, I went to this like – I believe it was called the Global Youth Leadership Conference.
1: Hell yeah, you did. Super <laughs> cool <laughs> event. I'm imagining like Model UN vibes.
2: It was Model UN vibes. Okay. Um, So we spent – it was a two-week camp. We spent a week in D.C. and a week in New York. And cool. when we were in New York, we actually got to – be like do model un in the un
0: oh hell like in yeah, the general cool.
2: assembly room it was really fucking cool and so we were all separated into countries so i was russia and there were like Yikes. 10 people maybe in our country whatever oh we really leaned into being russia though nice. we had so much fun being just like dicks um and by the way i didn't even do model the un like yeah. that ever so like i didn't know what i was doing how did and, you like, get looped into had- this it wasn't a model UN camp. It was Got a. It. Got it. Okay. It, it was a. Literally, it was just like bringing global. Like bringing like youth leaders from the globe together. Okay. Gotcha. And like learning about like global issues and like interacting with each other. And then cool. like
1: we also did that. Okay. I'm understanding now.
2: So there were people from all over the world and a lot of guys from Australia and New Zealand. Mm hmm. And I made like really close friends with this one guy from Australia who is now married and back in Australia, but he was living here for a while and we used to hang out um, like recently. Um, so I made like lasting friends. However, there was a guy from New Zealand who was not in Russia. I don't remember what country he was in. I don't know. And I don't even remember how we started talking because there were hundreds of kids at this camp. But we started talking. I had the most massive crush on him and we were like joined at the hip basically Throughout the entirety of the D.C. portion of the mm-hmm. camp. And then – so then we, like, went to New York and we went to this – I think it was a Yankees game. It was either a Yankees game or a Mets game. And he, like, wanted to sit next to me and, like, I was so excited, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. And we, like – I believe we communicated through our friends that we liked each other. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yes.
1: Can't go directly to each other.
2: <laughs> no, cannot. This was a summer after ninth grade, so I was – Fifteen? Yeah. So had not had my first kiss yet. Oh my gosh. This this, is so pure. At this juncture. At this juncture. So we get to New York. We do the Yankees game. We're staying in these dorms at Manhattan College in New York. And he asks if I want to go into the stairwell to like go down to the other floor. We'd never took the stairs. Okay. like we always took the elevator and he was like, "Oh, do you want to go down to like the cafeteria or something like with me? Oh, like do you want to take the stairs?" I understood this to mean that he was going to kiss me in the stairs.
1: Under- yeah, I think that's a fair assumption.
2: Yeah, we had been talking and by we I mean me and my friends all day that day about him and me kissing at some point that day.
1: Love it. I So I was like, never mind. I don't want to say it. What? I have a I have a stairwell experience. <laughs>
2: oh great okay so we're in this stairwell we're like walking down i know that it's time for us to kiss like he knows it's time for us to kiss we get to the landing a landing he goes to kiss me i panicked and ran away
1: which direction back up the stairs or out the door up oh my god (laughs) i didn't say anything i just ran that is such a wild reaction, honey. I was I, like, feel, so I'm scared. So, I'm so empathetic to, like, young Allie, where it's like you've built this up in your head, and yet, incredible. Oh, I was hun. so scared.
2: He was also older than me, which by, like, I think he's a year older than me, yeah. but, like, in my head, he was this older,
1: experienced man. So, like, Rico Suave. Here. <laughs> yeah.
2: He had an accent. Right. So anyway, he took this to mean that I wasn't into him. Fair. I was
0: going to
2: say that
1: <laughs> really logical reasoning by the Kiwi.
2: Super, super logical conclusion that he that he came to. But then we, like, didn't talk for the yeah. rest of the camp.
1: It's hard to come back from that alley.
2: <laughs> I didn't I didn't come back from that work. Yeah. Um. Except then at the end, I think like on the last day, we like signed each other's little like camp yearbook things and Bags. like exchanged. Yeah, and exchanged like email addresses or like aim screen names or whatever. Love it. Um. What was yours? And Harley? at that time, my very first one was Beach Jewel Seven Six Zero. Adorable. Uh, my dog's name was Jewel, and my area code is seven six zero. What was yours?
1: Mine was the cat's meow twelve. Oh, why? Why was it the cat's meow? You don't like cats, or you didn't? No, I do. I like cats. You do? We had, yeah, we had. I yeah, we had, I like had cats. cats growing up. Oh, I didn't know that.
2: Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought you never liked cats. But why were you the cat's meow?
1: Well, because like the pun on the cat, like I liked cats, and like the cat's the cat's meow, like I mean like the turn of phrase it means you're cool no, I, I know i know i'm breezy but the- you liked cats okay got it if you
2: say so it, breezy. it's real so breezy um yeah i was <gasps> beach jewel 760 and then oh no before that i was fine gal 13 oh boy oh boy <laughs> And then and then for and then for most of my like until AIM, for like most of high school and until AIM was gone, I was a little personality 9
1: Much cleverer.
2: Um anyway, so we like exchanged stuff at the end of the camp. He I used to be really into music. I'm as we've discussed, I am categorically not anymore, but I used to be really into like skate rock and punk music.
1: Um, which is very very San Diego of you
2: very very San Diego yeah it was very very on brand for me at the time very off brand for me now Um, and so I promised to make him a mixed CD and send it to him
1: I am I would love to hear from a Gen Z person right now what does this sound like to them because this to me is just like (laughs) a perfect script of what sort of like young romance was like at that time at our age yes. and yet I bet this sounds so fucking crazy probably
2: so I did so I went home and I painstakingly picked out like 15 songs and as much as your city burner could handle streamed them from Napster or like LimeWire oh, or whatever the- wasn't that one of them Kaza. Yeah. So like one wow. of those things. And then, yeah, burned them onto a CD. And then I went the extra step of printing a CD label. And I had a, what was called a CD stomper Love to it. affix the label onto the CD. And it was called Allie's Really Cool Mix for Blank, which is his name. Amazing.
1: You may as well have called it the
2: cat's meow. <laughs> I pretty much. <laughs> um, but Rick, ask me if I ever sent this. Cat's Meow mix,
1: is it still sitting somewhere in your apartment? Oh, I have it. Oh my god, we've got to li- we've got to listen to it sometime.
2: There are there there are many songs that I still like actually, and I we should do a included... live
1: where we like jam out to it or like oh my get, god we yes. get we like get ready for like dates while we do it.
2: Yes. So like the CD is just the names of the songs or whatever. The the cover you know like a CD case also has like a cover right. It's yeah. each of our pictures. But
1: not a picture <laughs> together? Nope. That's incredible. <laughs> it's sort of like a locket where it's like you cut out one and then the other and they face. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am dying.
2: Mind oh you, we God. do have a picture together. At least one that I can think of, possibly two or three. I have Probably in too here. intimate
1: for you to include that. Too, like you weren't too- emotionally ready.
2: I was not. I was that. I'll text you. I'll take a picture of the picture of us. Please do. Um. So anyway, okay, that was a very long story to set up who the kiwi is, but I don't have any other updates this week. So, the, um. Perfect. So I'm in Paris. Yeah, I posted. I rarely post. Oh, it's also important to note that at some point I looked up a lot of the people from this camp and added them on Instagram. Like mm-hmm. obviously later because Instagram, sorry Gen Z, didn't exist when we were in high school. Right. Um. Or college for me. It, it might have existed at the end for you. It,
1: yeah. It was my, like, my first Instagram post actually was um, my 2011 summer in New York when I was ah, interning okay. for the first time. Yeah. Got Which it. was junior yeah, year so of college.
2: It, yeah. Yeah. So Instagram didn't exist. That was, I was already here. Right. Yeah. So at some point, I looked up, like, a lot of the people that I knew from that on Instagram. Yeah. So we follow each other on Instagram, the Kiwi and I. So, anywho. So I'm in Paris. I very rarely post to my personal Instagram. Like, I used to post – I didn't post grid posts that often, but I used to post stories all the time. Those now go to Finding Mr. Height. Right. Like, I almost never have a story unless somebody tags me and I'm resharing it, and I very, very rarely post. I posted a picture – a couple pictures of me and my mom from France, and I get a DM from the Kiwi. And he saw that I was in France and wanted to know if I might be coming to London on the trip because he lives there now.
1: I really want you to go to London. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Let me tell
1: you that I considered it. Yeah. If this hadn't
2: been, like, already sort of like an inappropriately long vacation from work, I might have.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, frankly, with, like – I've had so many friends who have gone to random places to work from right now. and like. My law firm is indefinitely 100% work from home. If we want, so
0: oh, get yeah. back on that I
1: plane, could, Allie. We're sending I could you be out. Where, <laughs> I could be wherever I want. It really sucks to work from
2: Europe. Yes, time zone wise. Yes, like you can't. You don't have an evening life. Essentially,
1: Correct. yes.
2: Um, but yes, what was me? It sucks to work from Europe, but like I could. You're right. Um, right. so but I was not going to London. So he, But he said it would be great to grab a drink or a coffee and catch up after all these years. And he didn't know – he just probably hasn't been paying attention because I've lived here for a long time. But he didn't know that I lived in New York, and he's been wanting to come back to New York. So perhaps there will be a Kiwi reunion at some point in the future. Amazing. Yeah. So that was the Kiwi.
1: Love, but not – I mean, wild. I mean, yeah, it's just fun. Do you guys talk sporadically or like what made him reach out? No.
2: No, no, this was the very first DM we've ever – no, we've never spoken. Wild. We have absolutely no DM history.
1: That's so incredible. I mean, I guess it's just like – got to get that first – how romantic would that be? Oh, my God. I can't. We'll have to find a stairwell. I was thinking that. I wonder if he even remembers.
2: Like, that moment is seared into my memory. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe someday I'll get to find out. I was going to say, find out someday. Oh, so exciting. Okay. So I've been talking a bunch about how I'm trying to order in less. And part of that is that I'm cooking at home more. But when I don't have time to cook, which is more often than not, I have really still been loving Factors meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes.
0: Yeah. And they have so many options too. Every week, their menu, they have 35 options that you can pick from. So you can find whatever it is that you're looking for.
2: code FMH50 to get 50%
0: off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code FMH50 at Factormeals.com slash FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Should we
1: hop into Weird or Not? Let's do it.
2: So uh, this week's Weird or Not is inspired by our topic of defining the relationship and it's something that we've sort of talked about before, but I'm excited to dive into it more. And yeah. that is weird or not? They want to be exclusive, but they don't want a label.
1: Okay, I think this. So, oh, you know what? I'm a, I'm a bad I'm a bad co-host. I wanted to I wanted to look up, and I'm going to type it as I say it. When did becoming exclusive become a relationship step? Because I do feel like it's a relatively modern invention, right? I think so. I don't think I'd heard people really talking about that very until very recently. Um, okay. All the results are like, how to know if you're ready for an exclusive relationship? Yeah, how soon is yeah. too soon to become ex- Okay. That's not helpful. Anyway. These are all the things we're going to talk about. Yeah. Thank you, Articles. Thank you, Thought Catalog and BuzzFeed. But um, so I think this is not weird. I think this is like a step that people take. And I do think it is something in modern dating that sparks a lot of debate where I have friends. I have my own opinion on it and I have friends who have very different ones. And it it's tricky. I, I We can get into what my personal view is, but... I think this is not weird, but I think it's going to be a close call just based on how I know my friends are. So I'm going to say it is 45 weird, 55 nah. It is essentially
2: the exact opposite of that.
1: Okay. At least that was, that was at least, okay. That's close. Yeah. I'll I'll allow that. Close. It's 56 weird, 44 nah. Okay. Interesting. I, I will be very interested to hear what people think about this.
2: Yeah, so – and later in the episode, we'll get into, like, what we think. Right. Um, But I – unsurprisingly, and this is not always true, actually, for weird or not. You would think – so, okay, let me ask – I'm going to stop talking and start over again. (laughs) Okay. But you can leave that in. So (laughs) if you had to guess if weird or nah gets more responses on a weekly basis, what would you guess? So like just to just to, in case somebody doesn't read my or watch my story we, when people get to um vote weird or not nah, there are then two subsequent stories where they can provide their thoughts on whether or not it's weird or
1: not nah. I am going to guess um weird gets more engagement because I think people like to say like I think people like to like express like outrage or mm-hmm. sort of like That's crazy and here's why. Like I think people get more riled up about that type of commentary. And so I think weird gets more engagement. That was what I thought was going to happen when we started doing this. It is
2: normally pretty split down the middle. Oh, wow. And because there are some very, usually some very, very earnest um, nah people. Yeah. But this one was like four or five times the number of people who thought it was weird. Then thought it was not. In terms of actually. In like, terms of.
1: Providing yeah, reasoning. Providing detail. Yes. Wow. How interesting. Yeah. And so a couple of the themes from those people. Can I take a conjecture that like. That might be because. People don't like. That this is a step. Or. Yeah. They don't like the societal agreement about. Exclu- the idea of exclusivity. It being a step.
2: Yeah. I, I think there's that. I, I also think that. A lot of it is, seems to have been driven by people who have been burned by this in the past. Exactly. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So a lot of people said it gives them fear of commitment vibes. Okay. People said that they want to take more than they're willing to give. And we'll we'll get into our thoughts mm-hmm. on this later. Yeah. But like –
1: I'm going to remember that one.
2: Somebody who wants it both ways. Um, and so those people seem to be – from from just my own reading into this – Seem to be speaking from some personal experience of mm-hmm. somebody who, you know, wanted the girlfriend or boyfriend experience, but was unwilling to put the label on it. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I sure. I can totally see how that happens.
2: Yeah. And then a lot of other people said, many, many people said that exclusive is a label. Yes. that That's fair. Which is fair. Yeah. Um, and the nah people were pretty much as you would expect. They said, you know, it's just an in-between step. Some people said, you know, exclusive exclusivity is often about health and safety. Yes. Whereas labels and relationships bring other things into the mix, which, again, we'll talk about. Um, and it was pretty much in in that vein. Yeah. But there weren't that many responses from now. Interesting. Yeah. It seemed like most people were just like, nah, not weird. Moving on.
1: Yeah. Moving on with my day. I will vote. Yeah. And I will say goodbye. Pretty much.
2: I've also often wondered if there is a... If na sort of gets shortchanged because it always comes second, because weird is the first slide.
1: Oh, interesting. But, but if, if it's I usually cannot... 50-50, that's not the data doesn't support that.
2: But we don't know if na would be more though. Oh,
1: like, should we? Like we're assuming it?
2: that No, I don't think we should because I think people will get confused because okay. this, the construct is weird or nah.
1: That I agree. And I All think
2: right. if na comes first, it'll just get confusing.
1: Well, we never said this was science. So it's <laughs> fun. <laughs>
2: yes but you know how i like my data yeah
1: this is this is not a randomized controlled study guys (laughs) no
2: it's not i actually got into an argument on my instagram comments about controlled studies today oh (laughs) boy somebody was trying to argue with me that the first result that she saw on google from a study of 900 people was a fact
1: oh i'm not even gonna engage with that i I can't i can't i can't okay it's like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean should we then should we start with like whether or not this is a stage yeah, so
2: that so that's what I was thinking. We could start with is like, what are the stages, and how? Like, when we're talking about defining the relationship, what are we defining? Like, what what is the definition that we're? That's talking actually about a really here? good
1: point. And, and
2: I also want to say up front, sorry. I also want to say up front that DTR stands for Define the Relationship, and so if and when we abbreviate throughout the episode, that's what we mean. Great
1: call. Yeah. So I mean, like, the problem is, like, I think. We – in dating, I think people often use ambiguous language to their advantage sometimes Mm -hmm. where rather than going through the emotional work of like defining what they want, they will like patch over with some sort of like umbrella term that captures the concept they think it captures. And so even like hooking up I think does that. So for example, like it covers in both directions, right? Where it's like for me, somebody who like – was not doing a lot of that. Like, if I made out with somebody, I might say that, like, oh, we hooked up and let people think like, that meant we did more or whatever. Whereas, like, <laughs> if somebody did sleep with somebody and wanted to downplay that, they could say, like, oh, we just hooked up. Like, m- maybe that means made out, made out. You know, no one really knows. <laughs> very, and,
2: ve- hook, up, hook up is very ambiguous.
1: Yeah. And so, similarly, we're exclusive, I think needs to come with – like, anything you do here needs to come with a conversation. Yes. And so, like, some people are like, oh, we're dating. Oh, we're talking. Oh, and it's like, well, what the fuck is any of this, right?
2: I know. Because to me, dating is like – you're going on dates is dating. Also, though, you're dating your boyfriend. Right. Exactly. Because I think there's a difference between, like, oh, I'm dating this guy and, you know, are you and him dating? I think those are actually different questions. Yes. Or different statements. Language is so fucked. Yeah. Language is totally fucked. But like, I agree with you. For that reason, there needs to be conversation surrounding this. Yeah. And so let's start with the kind of biggest elephant in the room here. Is there a difference between being exclusive and being in a relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, partner, mm-hmm. whatever label you want to use? I'm. And
1: if so, why? I'm a yes on this one. And I agree with the person or people who said that to me, I, I only sleep with like one person at a time when I am casually, when I am like on Bumble and like casually seeing people, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so for me, once I get to that place where I want to like open up that physical part of my relationship with somebody new, I then pair it with a conversation of like, just so you know, like. This now means, like, this part of our relationship is exclusive. If you totally – like, if you want to do that with other people, go for it. But you got to tell me because then we're going to have to take – we're going to have to dial back. Right. And so, like, to me, being exclusive just means we are going to leave, like, this piece of the relationship to just us. Not, like, first dates and whatever. Right. When you do that, do you get specific about, like, does kissing count? Oh, I would be fine with kissing, personally. Because
2: I think that I think that for a lot of people, they're, being exclusive as a relationship
1: step means that you're not
2: dating anyone else.
1: Okay, so then that's, like, a level up then. Then I guess there's, like, physical exclusivity and then, I guess, dating exclusivity. So then –
2: or Good different room. and different levels of this physical exclusivity. Mess. Yeah, it yeah. is a
1: mess. But I think that's why it's important to talk about it. Yeah, there's a there's a fascinating. Um, I took like a couples therapy class. Mm-hmm. She gave us this like index, which you give to couples and you have them like fill them out separately. It's just yes or no for every question. And I remember uh-huh. vividly one of them being, "We agree on the definition of cheating." And I think uh, that is actually something that people should, like, really talk about more. Yeah. We should do an episode on cheating. Yeah. Um, um. But anyway, that gets to your point. But um, so I think then, like, if I was to be – like, I was, I guess, emotionally exclu- – I was, like, exclusive in the fuller meaning with the cyclist. Yes. Where we basically said we are not going to date other people we're going to let this play out without kind of like the inputs of emotional confusion of like, do I like this other guy that I met more, you know, like let's yeah. just like let this play out. And if we decide we want to be more emotionally responsible to each other in a boyfriend and girlfriend way, then we can make that decision where we can break up. And so to me then the difference between emotionally exclusive and like boyfriend, girlfriend exclusive is that responsibility where, I don't necessarily think I need to run by my the person I'm exclusive with. Like, what are your weekend plans? Let's carve out time for each other. You're coming to the airport. Let me offer to pick you up. Let me like meet your parent. I feel like there's this things that like aren't appropriate for that type of relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so, like, to me, to me, that's the difference. I agree with you. At the same time, I have no interest in it.
2: Fine. Totally fine. Like, I think that there definitely is a step there that can, should totally exist if you want it to. Mm Mm-hmm. I I can't be on that step. That step doesn't work for me. Gotcha. What about it doesn't? When I am exclusive with somebody, I am emotionally
1: investing in them. Got it. Okay. And I can't not. I mean, I was – I, like, you heard me. I cried plenty when the cyclist and I broke up. But, and so, like, I was emotionally invested.
2: I guess I mean that I am thinking about them and how they impact my life and how I impact their life in, like, a making room for somebody in my life kind of way. Gotcha. Like, I I want to be, cont- you know, talking to them every day and I, I want to be a consideration in their plans and I want to consider them in my plans and all all the stuff that happens in a relationship. Like I want that mm-hmm. or I or
1: nothing basically. Totally. And so I think that actually addresses what either person or people said on it being weird is that I bet you they are people who are similar to you and then have – then feel like because they give that, the person who is only willing to be exclusive with them gets the advantage of all of that from you, but is still playing it like I would.
2: Yeah. And to me, that's a boundary issue on your part. Totally agreed. Like if you Proverbial are... you, not
1: Rourke you. Yes, no, purpose. yeah, not Rourke you.
2: <laughs> yeah, proverbial you. Like if if you are giving as you would in a relationship in a situation and the other person is not- then you have not appropriately set a boundary there. Mm-hmm. Like not to say that it's entirely your fault and they have no culpability there, but if you haven't talked about it, if you haven't expressed those boundaries and those needs, then they don't because they don't know that. Yes. Yeah. So on that note, somebody asked us, are there ways that you can indicate interest or boundaries before you're exclusive?
1: Oh, I certainly think so. I mean, y- yeah, you have to – like or else there's like, I I don't understand how you kind of communicate otherwise, frankly. I think that the way you do that, so like a great, I actually, um, because uh, the classmate is sick, I actually did a friend date last night with Matt of the podcast Mm. and he and I had a lovely time and we were talking about how, you know, he and I are both kind of more type A people. And so a way that I have learned to, like, early on communicate boundaries that I failed to communicate with PowerPoint, for example, because he was, like, late all the time and would, like, keep me on, like, the hook for various things. Yeah. Is if, some like, I will say to someone, like, hey, let me know, like, what your schedule is for this day by this time and, like, we can either make a plan or find a different time or whatever. And Mm -hmm. then if that person then, like, doesn't get back to me by that time, I say, like, hey, I felt hurt that I thought we were going to do this thing together, and when you didn't let me know, that, like, that time, like, I can't, I'm not just going to, like, sit and wait for your call, basically. So, like, that's something that I've done a lot in early dating, where it, like, shows that, like, I expect you to be consistent and call me when you say you're going to call me, you know? And so I think, like, it's the things that you say, like, I am... Counting on you, I am relying on you in this way, and I'm going to hold you to the standard. I think like that's a perfectly like good kind of small way to suss that out about what a person like what a person is like giving you. Yeah,
2: I totally agree. I think it's fully appropriate to communicate if somebody has hurt your feelings or you know, like you said, not been consistent about you know what they said they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, those things can snowball. Yeah, and you know, next thing you know, it's something
1: that's just like a part of your relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And then, like, I just think that something I've, like, really had to work on is just, like, not, like, swallowing things, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. don't let it fester. Just talk about it. And I think that, like, that will let you know if the person that you're speaking to can, like, live up to those standards. And that is going to help you know if this person is, like, boyfriend or girlfriend quality for you.
2: Yeah. Well, that segues us really nicely into the next thing that we wanted to talk about, which is timing of defining the relationship. Oh boy. Yeah. A- and we got a lot of people asking how soon is too soon. And especially – so I have this experience. A couple people wrote in that they have had prior relationships where they DTR'd really quickly.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And in hindsight – they've realized that that was too much too soon and they mm-hmm. did that too soon. This is me hindsighting my relationship with the oysters, you know. Right. Um and so
1: how how do you know if it's too soon is is their question. This feels so hard for me. I I also have absolutely no leg to stand on currently. And so <laughs> I just think that like anything I say is <laughs> bullshit. But um god, I I don't know. What do you like I hate to just like punt it back. Like what do you think?
2: I think if you are wondering, is it too soon, it
1: probably is. Fair. That's a good way to phrase it.
2: Because for me, when I was dating the oyster, and I'll give the example of um, when he said, I love you for the first time. I think I've told the story before. But he said, is it too soon to tell you I love you? Mm -hmm. This was like 10 days Mm -hmm. in? Maybe, no, two weeks, whatever not long enough. Yeah. And like even that phrasing itself said that he knew it was too soon. Yeah. And I also knew it was too soon. And yet I kind of rolled with it because it felt romantic and Mm -hmm. it, you know, became a disaster. Yeah. So I think that that's probably the first sign. But I don't think that there is a right time. A lot of people asked, you know, what date number how long should you have been seeing somebody for you know I, I don't think that there is a right answer there which is really unhelpful advice probably yeah but i, I think that this is a place where you kind of got to go with your gut i agree with that i will say and we'll and we'll talk about you know the conversation itself in a minute i will say if you go with your gut and it turns out to be too soon for the other person. I think there are ways that you can work through that that aren't like situation ruining. Totally, yes. And if you attempting to DTR too soon does ruin the situation, it probably wasn't going to evolve into something in the first place.
1: Yes, I assuming agree with that. that you
2: go about it in the way that we're going to talk about.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I I, I think you're very correct about listening to your gut. And so I think what becomes an important question in your gut is when is your when is your gut telling you I want to be emotionally accountable to this person, like I want to be their person and when is it I'm so afraid of this ending, I need to lock it down because that will make me feel safer.
2: Yeah, and calming that anxiety that compels you to want to do that is so difficult.
0: hmm
2: And, you know, we've talked about self-soothing with anxiety a lot and, you know, the questions that you can ask yourself, which I think the one that you just posed is a, is a great example of that, of trying to figure out, you know, what is driving this? Is it this person? hmm Or am I excited that there is a person? Right. And that doesn't mean that it won't be that person in the future. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like, do you know enough about them as a person to feel that way at this juncture? Yeah. And, you know, for for me in that
1: particular situation, the answer would have been no had I asked myself that. Right. Totally. And then I do think, like, there becomes a question of – it's funny because I, I do think if you're sort of willing to accept exclusive and both sides are genuinely on the same page and comfortable with it, mm-hmm. I, I almost think that then – there's now like I do think a clock starts running there, and what is that clock? We got that question too. How
0: much
2: time between yeah. exclusive and relationship?
1: I mean, again, I don't exactly know, but I would say, like as much to learn, so like I personally would like to be exclusive with somebody before they like meet my friends mm-hmm. and then evolve into like, oh, okay, you can get along, you can like they like you, you like them, everyone seems happy, like let's have like. Not our first fight, but, like, let's, you know, I, I would kind of like there to be, like, a little bit of pressure from something. Maybe we, like, disagree about something in the news. Maybe we, like, disagree about how, like, what you said made me feel. And, like, let's just feel something out to see how we, like, rupture and repair. Let's, like, do a little conflict resolution. Like, I kind of like to run those experiments before. I think that takes, like, a couple weeks, I guess, um, generally for me. That said, I obviously completely blew that out of the fucking water. So maybe I just felt, like, four days together gives you enough of a freaking rundown that, like, it's going to probably be fine if we just date. And then, like, if it doesn't work, we'll break up. No big deal. But um, not to say, like, break well, up that's
2: terrible. But that's kind of how I feel about it, though. That's why, for me, I don't well, – one of the reasons why I, like, don't really see exclusive as a step for me is because, like, I would rather – be have somebody be my boyfriend mm-hmm. and break up yeah then have the for me anxiety that comes from being exclusive with somebody that I am not in a relationship with
1: totally fair and frankly I don't know I can't remember if I've said this or not but he brought it up again last night when um I was like talking to Matt about stuff and he said something I said to the rest of the group when you weren't there is like something that He's like, I remember you and I going on a walk and you were like talking about this, the relationship with the classmate. And he was like, something I really liked about it is that you had let go of a lot of that stuff where you were like, I need to see this. I need to like wait this number of days before I ask for this or share this emotion or share this side of myself or like, well, if it's, you know, if I've calculated it, this, he was like, you didn't view it as a controlled experiment. You were just like, I feel so good about this. I'm myself. He's great. I feel great. Like let's fucking do it. And he was like, I loved that like you just seemed more in touch with like, your emotions, then your—he was like you were in touch with both, but like you just seemed very like connected to your feelings in a way that like I haven't seen you before, and so like that's a long way to say. Maybe ignore that preamble I just gave. Listen to Ali. <laughs> <me. laughs> I don't know shit.
2: <laughs> I mean, a lot of it too depends on like what what are your coping mechanisms or how how do you cope with disappointment that something ends, mm. and what will that look like for you? And I think that can also inform the steps that you take before getting to a point where
1: you might not like what it looks like for you. Right. I mean, thank God I wasn't emotionally exclusive with trivia. We wouldn't be here. Yeah. Well, yeah, very true. But yeah.
2: Um. So on that sort of like clock note,
1: is it ever too late to DTR? I mean, I guess not, but I do think there comes a... No, because that would imply that if it like crosses a line, you're it's now over, right? And so yeah. the answer is no. But I do think that like, for example, with the um we like talked about him, I think, in our situationship episode, the guy that I met on my co ed football um mm-hmm. team, that he kept punting the conversation for so long, it then became like a breakup ultimatum. Yeah. Where, like, that's where it ends up if you, quote, unquote, wait too long, I think, where it's like, okay, we're either this or we aren't. Make the call. Yeah. I totally agree. I think I would I
2: would rather it be too soon than too late, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's much easier to deal with too soon.
1: Yes. So then if it's too soon, let's talk a little bit about how, like, I guess too soon or too late, it mm – too late. it might just be a fight, but um, too soon or correct quote unquote correct time. there are there are no rules. There are but, no rules. Yes. How would you say you like bring this up? How do you like how do you initiate the conversation?
2: Well, first of all, I want to say that it doesn't matter who initiates the conversation totally because a lot of people asked, especially women in heterosexual relationships ask, does it matter who brings it up? I think a lot of women don't want to be the one to bring it up.
1: Do you think this is in line with like not wanting to say I love you first or stuff like that? Oh yeah. I mean, it's a way
2: of like not being vulnerable like we've talked about before and that's just not going to fly. Sorry, peeps. Yeah. So in terms of how to initiate it though, we've said this a lot at this point. I feel like I want to like inscribe it on my tombstone. But you lead with what you want. You don't ask them what they want. Yeah. I, it's funny because I actually gave conflicting, what would seem on the surface to be conflicting advice related to asking somebody what they're looking for, like when you're on a first date. Mm-hmm. I, I advocate asking the question versus saying what you're looking for because I think oftentimes people will just repair it back to you what they think you want to hear. Yeah. In that scenario. But in this one, that's much less likely to happen because the stakes are higher.
1: Yes, much higher.
2: So the reason that I think that you should lead with the statement of what you want us to be versus asking, what are we? is because asking, what are we, is putting the emotional labor on the other person to answer a question that you probably already know your desired answer.
1: Mm -hmm. like if you're
2: asking somebody you know what you want if you're asking yes if you are asking someone what are we you know what you want them to say Yeah, and they know that you know what you want them to say and now you've put them in a position to hopefully tell the truth but to risk not saying the right thing Mm -hmm. and putting all of that labor onto them versus leading with Here's how I'm feeling. This is what I would like from this situation or relationship. Mm-hmm. What do
1: you think? Yeah. I think that's perfect. So then now let's deal with the answer, right? Yeah. So you've said, I want to, I want to be, Do you? would you phrase it as like, I, I guess it doesn't matter. This is probably splitting hairs. I want to be boyfriend or girlfriend. I want you to be my boyfriend. I want to be your girlfriend. Does that matter at all? Is that a dumb question?
2: I uh, no, it's not a dumb question. Um, I I have typically phrased it in the I've initiated this conversation a couple of times. Yeah. And in those times I have phrased it as being in a relationship.
1: Oh, that's very good. That's very
2: versus good. using like, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, or or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever the. Because I think
1: I think that's pretty clear, like yes. what you're saying. Very much. Okay. So then you've said. I want to be in a relationship with you. That's where my feelings are. Where are your feelings? What are your th- What are your thoughts? And so now, obviously, like w- the you know the decision tree ends if they're like amazing. Me too. Yay! <laughs> yeah. So let's obviously great. Talk about- You're dating exactly. Let's obviously deal with the problem, which is oh, so you know, like I love hanging out. We have a lot of fun together. It's my favorite line, and um. So let's say they're like willing to be exclusive or they're willing to keep seeing you, but aren't like, how are we dealing with various, like, where are you walking out versus trying think, to work within the framework given?
2: I think that it's really important how they're speaking about the future mm, interesting. in this conversation. So is it that they aren't there yet, but they want to be and hopefully can see themselves being there? Mm-hmm. Or are they just not in that mindset at all with you? And I, I think they're. I think you can tell the difference between those two things in terms of how they reply. Yeah, and you can ask also. So, like a lot of things, a lot of times, what I what I've heard that people will hear back is something along the lines of, "Well, we're still getting to know each other," or mm. you know, "I I want to get to know you better before taking that step." Yeah, and. I want to know what that means to them. Like, what more do you need to learn? Right. What do you? And maybe it's the things that you're you were saying, right? Like, maybe I, you know, I want to know what our conflict resolution looks like, and then you could pick a fight. No, I'm kidding.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Healthy relationship advice here, fifty cents.
0: Yes,
2: um, but try to get specific in a in as much. Um, As much away as you can for something that is a little bit vague. Like yeah. you're not, you know, they're not going to be able to tell you like, well, I'm going to learn these five things and then I will be ready to call you my girlfriend. Like it's not, that's not going to happen. Right. So, but I, I think you can just kind of, you can hear how they're thinking about the future in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And we actually have an, a good example of, from our listener questions of one of the reasons why I think it can be pretty dangerous to lead with a question.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So somebody said that she asked him if he was seeing other people and he said no, but then she saw that he had updated his hinge. And yeah. so she's asking like, do I have my answer? And here's – here no is the answer. You don't. Yeah. I'm here's shaking issue, my head. <laughs> here's the issue with asking a question like that. You haven't said anything about the future in that question or what you want from the future. You asked – are you seeing any other people right now? Mm -hmm. And the answer could very well have been no, but that doesn't preclude you from seeing others in the future. Yes. Yep. And like, it might sound like that's like splitting hairs, but like if you're a a literal person who just takes questions literally, he has literally answered your question.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that like, yeah, that's the problem with you now, based on the answer, it's like, This person is now having to pair together two things where neither is like complete enough information to make a conclusion, but she's doing the things all of our brains do, which is filling in the gaps and writing this whole story. And so it's like she hasn't done herself or himself the favor of getting enough information to actually know what this is.
2: Right. And so I think instead, if we could reframe that conversation, instead of asking him, are you seeing other people? You could instead say, hey, I'm not seeing anybody else right now and I don't want to. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? And then there's two parts to that. There's both what's happening right now and your desired future. Yep.
1: That is much better. And I think that something that as well as what does it mean to get to know someone more before making this decision, I would kind of want to know what does boyfriend and girlfriend mean to you? Because I think something that can happen is, and this can happen when it gets too, quote unquote, too late to DTR, is I almost, I've been curious in past relationships where they were resistant to it to be like, what do you think is going to change?
0: Like yeah. we are
1: functionally in a relationship, sir. <laughs> Well, I I think that they don't feel
2: emotionally beholden to you right? oftentimes, but I think that that's an important thing to express. Somebody else asked about how to express your expectations or your needs after that change in title, Mm -hmm. and I think getting on the same page of what your new title, whatever it is, means is crucial. Yeah. No, that's very true. We've spent most of this conversation focusing on the person who does want more in the scenario, Mm -hmm. but we did hear from a lot of listeners who are on the other side of things. Who mm-hmm. have been in d t r conversations where they don't feel ready, has that
1: happened to you? Oh, very much, yeah, please, I'm totally that person. It's never one time happened to me, so <laughs> <laughs> i I mean, I've been on the receiving end, the giving end of that one, you know, um, and I guess like I think the thing is here also something we haven't said is that we also like empower all of our listeners to walk away that oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're, you know, if you are asking follow ups and it really, they are either hitting you with total vague answers or are just obviously not giving you what you need, you then, in my opinion, have got to stay strong in what you said you wanted, which then results in a walk away. Yes. It is entirely possible that somebody is either you've said what you want and they're not on that page and can't get there, or They've asked it of you, and you realize, oh shit, I'm not gonna get there. You walk in that scenario too. Both of those are like walk walkable. And yes. um, I said to actually my chef that I was not uh-huh. ready to only date him in that. Like, I, I think that's why it faded. He pretty much like faded me after that, which is totally fair because he kept sort of bringing it up, and I kept being like, no. Please date other people. Have fun. It's summer. <laughs> like uh, he was recently out of an engagement, and mm. so I sort of just used context to have that conversation where I said I was like, you know, you ended your engagement during quarantine. I like I don't want to be like in a rebound. Like I don't want to be a rebound. You know. Please yeah. feel free to date around. Let's, you know, wait a little longer and see if we want to commit to each other later. So I sort of used context to push that one down the line. That's been how I handled that. But uh, frankly, like, he and I weren't the match. I knew that.
2: Yeah. Well, I also think something that I forgot to mention when we were talking with this conversation is the entire conversation does not need to be resolved in one sitting. Very true. Good point. So I think that especially if you are the person who is feeling a little bit of anxiety because you don't feel ready, don't feel like you need to have all the answers in that moment, Mm -hmm. especially because you likely were not expecting that conversation. If you were not yourself in a headspace of wanting to define the relationship, you probably aren't expecting them to because you're in your own head, not theirs.
1: Yes, very good point. So then I guess that there's a question here too. We've talked about the the one side of anxiety might drive us to initiate a DTR very soon. Or there's like somebody avoidant like me where a desire to not feel beholden to someone or to like not feel comfortable whatever is actually sort of like it's the opposite pressure where it's like you're pushing away instead of pulling towards. And so Is there a version where somebody is saying, I'm not ready for that because of their own sort of version of anxiety?
2: Absolutely. I think you can kind of do the flip side then. You can think about like what are the things that make me not feel ready for this or make me, you know, want to push against it. And are those things related to this person Mm -hmm. or are they related to the concept? Yeah. And that's not to say that if you realize they're related to the concept that you must DTR with this person. but I think that that, it's sort of the the inverse. Uh, quick sidebar, my yeah. best friend just texted me that she is meeting another friend really close to me. And she said, assuming you have zero desire to go and that you're recording, but extending the invite anyway. That's very thoughtful. <laughs> like, yes and yes. Zero desire to go and recording. <laughs> yes. That's very
1: thoughtful though.
2: Yes. So yeah, I think that's, it's just, it's tricky again. It's just the inverse trickiness. Yeah. But- Remember also that advice in terms of it not needing to be resolved in one sitting if the person on the other side of the conversation asks for a little time to think about it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily – that's not a death sentence. That doesn't necessarily mean bad things. It could just mean that you've had a lot of time to think about this conversation that you have painstakingly brought up and they're hearing it for the very first time.
1: Yeah. I have a question for you that I think you will be able to answer infinitely better than me, which <laughs> is how does this look when you're a long distance?
2: Oh, yeah, so this is one of the re- one of the reasons why a s v and I decided to be in a relationship is because he was leaving mm-hmm. like originally, we were just gonna be hooking up because he was leaving, and then, when it became evident that we were like more emotionally invested. Than either of us had planned on becoming we then had a conversation and he said there are he's like well I guess there are like we were talking it through and he said I guess there are like three potential options here we could stop talking stop dating stop everything we could continue talking and dating and kind of see where it goes Or, yeah, your face is what my face was. Or we could be in a relationship. And I told him in that conversation that number two was not an option for me.
1: Yeah. It's one or three.
2: Yes. And I also said, which he later told me he really appreciated. This was like, I don't know, maybe a month before he left. So it wasn't like a make or break decision in that moment. I also said, we don't have to decide this right now. But Mm -hmm. I just want you to know that number two is not an option. So yeah. we're deciding together between one and three. And he at Very first mature. didn't really under he thank you. He at first didn't really understand why, but I think that, and now I will actually answer the question that you ask. I think that for me, because you're when you're long distance, you have to go out of your way to connect with each other. You have to go out of your way to grow in your relationship. Mm-hmm. You can't just do that when you're visiting or it won't happen. You have to be – you have to do virtual date night. We don't have to, but like these are the ways to grow in a long-distance relationship. Virtual date night, you know, staying connected, maybe, you know, reading – we used to read like the same book or we'd watch a TV show together. Like we would make time for each other even when we weren't visiting each other. Mm-hmm. And if we hadn't have done that, we wouldn't have grown anywhere totally. in the relationship. No we, shot. Would have just, no, we would have just stagnated and it just would have been this like, you know, everlasting situationship essentially. Which – and simultaneously, I knew for me would have prevented me from emotionally investing in anything in New York because I was like half in, half out of this thing. Totally. In and so that's that's what I told him. And so I think that when you are long distance, I think definitions need to be clearer mm-hmm. and expectations need to be talked about in much greater detail. Yeah. I
1: totally agree because with that.
2: You're not just going to be able to spontaneously hang out, pop no. over to each other's apartments. You know, oh, I got off work early. Let's do something. You, you're not.
1: Yeah. Oh, that sounds so hard. I couldn't do that. It was really fucking hard. Yeah, Allie, to kind of wrap us up in a like in a funny way, we've gone through this whole thing about like how to define the relationship, how to set these boundaries, have this conversation. What if you have it and then are like, oh, we got to like run this back. I got to undo it. Like, what do you – and can you possibly undo it and keep seeing the person? So so somebody asked
2: us, can you un-DTR? Um, so it depends on what the definition was because, like, in your example where you are physically exclusive with somebody, but if they decide that they want to be physical with other people, that you guys would just need to dial back your relationship. Whether or not that's actually worked in practice, I don't know. Um, but like that's an example of undetring, right? Yeah, totally. I think if the definition was relationship, then You've my just answer broken is up oh. with them. That's a, yeah, right. That's a breakup. <laughs> that undetr is a just a nice little word for you broke up. Yeah, it gives me a giggle actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. So no, no, unless unless we're going like an ethically non monogamous
1: route, sure. And if every every party is genuinely down, then go
2: for yeah. it. Yeah, which is a topic I know fucking nothing about but yeah, like totally. if that is your jam then yeah but that to me I guess I guess in in reality for me you can't un-DTR you're just changing the definition you're not removing a definition mm-hmm. True, because like before you have a DTR conversation there's no clarity. Everything is completely up in the air. You don't. No one knows what's going on. There's no label. There's nothing. There's no expectations or needs right. Or you can never whatever. truly go
1: back to that
2: state. No, you cannot. You can change the definition,
1: but you can't get rid of it. Yeah. Well, very good. This was this was extensive. It was extensive. It and helps I feel you like stay could, awake for a little bit longer. Yeah, and I do feel like it can help us. Like people can more specific like questions can come in, and I think because this can be a pretty fact sensitive inquiry, I think. Yes, definitely. Yeah.
2: So well, good I stuff. Go usual. Not
1: meet my friends
2: and um, yeah.
1: sit by myself. <laughs> I would say try to make it to like 8 p.m. I feel like that's yes. usually a good goal.
2: Yes. I'm actually going to watch – I was very jealous that you got to talk to Mel last week about Bachelor in Paradise on the Patreon, which you can subscribe to at patreon.com slash And Yes. I dropped
1: a little classmate tea on Ooh. on the episode yeah do I know this info. do I know th- do yeah I know of course you do info? Okay. yeah I don't know
2: sometimes <laughs> I find this stuff out live no 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 sometimes I'm acting and pretending but sometimes I'm really finding it out
1: no it's just a fact about him that you know that other people don't oh got it got it okay not the bigger one the one that led to the bigger one
2: <laughs> I see yes yeah. I understand <laughs> thank you good hope everybody else is, is really happy that we're speaking code now on the podcast yeah um. Okay, well, have a great rest of your Sunday. All right, your classmate feels better.
1: Thank you. Me too. He said he texted mid pod and said, I feel ready for toast. So he's killing it. Great. Me. He's just <laughs> really killing it. Yeah. Anyways, Good job, all right. Classmate. Have a great night. Sleep well. You too. Bye. Bye.